Cleveland Browns, your daily Cleveland Browns podcast, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Good evening, everybody, and as I like to say, as the fine lady says, you are Locked On Browns, your daily podcast covering the Cleveland Browns, your team every day. Guys, iTunes rating reviews, keep those coming, those are fantastic. Um, the Locked On NFL Net Instagram account, the Locked On NFL Net Twitter account, everything NFL-wise, all the shows are funneled through there. Um, yeah, the Locked On Browns Twitter account, we always keep that. A follow-back account, me personally, at Jeff underscore LJ under, uh, underscore Lloyd. Uh, guys, we're closing out the year, the calendar year of 2018, closing out the 2018 season. So, you know, we got some shows coming here over for, for the next few days, um, and then we will get into the offseason, and, you know, as great as this offseason is going to be, free agency, draft, and that stuff, there's a whole head coaching thing, and that should probably take up a lot of January. Joining here this evening, guys, he's been on plenty of times, and there's probably not a guest who makes me laugh more than from out from out in California, and Stephen Thomas. First, Stephen, happy holidays to you and the family, um, and appreciate it. It's just you know another year, me and you growing together, close, having fun, being able to bust each other's chops, have some jokes. But I always do appreciate the fact that it's been a tough year for me these past few months, and I always appreciate the fact that you're always reaching out, bud. Oh, that's what uh, that's what friends do, and uh, you know, you and Jake and some of the other uh, Browns Twitter folk, we've sort of become. We've sort of become a family, and it's. Uh, I'm thrilled that you keep having me on. And uh, first of all, happy holidays to you and yours as well. And also, let's think back to. Uh, I'm pretty sure I was on the last week of December last year. Uh, it might have been just you and me, but we might have also had Jake with us. But let's think about how blessed we are, <laughs> right? Because if you recall, the end of last season, the pods and the tweets and everything at this time last year, the anger. And the frustration and the just, you know, complete astonishment as, at what was going on, uh, the sea change that now, one calendar year later, we're looking at an offseason that, and this is not hyperbole, if they do well this offseason, they legitimately will be considered a contender at the start of next season for the AFC uh, at least for the division, if not for the AFC itself. And if, if you had told me that a year, if you if you told me that nine weeks ago, I, I wouldn't have believed you. But the stark, astonishing turnaround, and there's still a ways to go, but the, the, the difference in attitude and emotion and just the, the way everybody feels about this team, anybody listening, think about it. Think about the way this team made you feel Three months ago, when you when you tweeted about them or watched them, and how angry and frustrated, and two decades of this, and all the stats that we put out about how long it had been since they'd won this, and how many times in a row they'd lost that, and yada yada yada. And now you go into Brown's Twitter or you listen to any you know any of the the good uh, podcasts, and and I don't I don't live in Northeast Ohio, but I'm sure a lot of the local radio and all that kind of stuff too. It's all about what how can we get. I can't wait till next year. Like it's excitement. It's it's the complete opposite of what you and I talked about just one year ago, and it is so amazing. I feel I feel like George Bailey just you know <laughs> reaching into your pocket and finding Zuzu's pedals, man. I mean, it is just you know Merry Christmas, Bedford Falls, man. It, it's it's 
I, I was young the last time I was this excited about this team, and it's been a long time since I was young. So I am thrilled to be here and thrilled to be able to talk about something other than you know, where I'm worried that you're going to have to use the bleep button uh, in in the editing session. It's it's awesome. And that's the thing. And and as much as and, and as down as it was, and you know, it was you know, uh, it was obviously Hugh and you know, obviously Todd Haley getting relieved of their duties, and it was like, all right, well, this isn't like look like it's going to go very well. You know, top five, top ten. Freddie Kitchens absolutely astounds the living pants out of you. Um, you know, here's a guy. Look, you, oh. know, you know, he was involved with you know the run game. But it, just him as an offensive coordinator, and the thing is, the imaginative—you know—using his imagination, bringing different things into it, uh, you know. They, and they've gone with this whole counter look the last couple of weeks. Now they've gone with passes off of that, and then Greg, who's just kind of like, when you look at Baker and like you, you like Baker. Look, we, we've got the understanding, and, and look, guys, I don't care. Baker can piss off every media outlet in the world. You want to know what? <laughs> They're gonna look like jackasses. When they got to come in and cover playoff games, it, it's going to be fun because these guys are going to walk over there like, "Oh, hey, uh, sorry, remember when? Uh, yeah, yeah, about that. Uh, whatever. Go ahead, because they're going to one is going to have to come back and kiss the feet." But G- Greg, who is just that type of guy himself, who just does not give an f. It's just the way the guy carries himself. And look, I mean, there's so many ways, and you know, it, we're going to do endless amount of talk on this. And you know, John Dorsey, it may have seemed like, "All right, all right, they're out of here." I'm going to name a head coach in January, you know, I'll have my list of guys and okay, we'll, we'll pick the best guy. Now it's like, oh my good God. I mean, this is going to turn into a, a, a painstakingly difficult, did I get the right guy? Is this the best guy? But hey, that's a good, good thing at this point, Steve. Yeah, absolutely. It's uh, uh, Pete just put out an article and, it, you know, it was always interesting like Pete always does and it said how it's a very difficult decision which none of us would have thought like you just said when they named the interims and 99 times out of 100 you get the interim tag nobody pays attention and that's how we all felt we were like okay well you know greg's pressures will be fun we know that but you know these guys obviously aren't possums and crap like that of course exactly (laughs) exactly we knew it was going to be interesting but nobody i mean i don't think anybody really thought we would be sitting here at the end of december saying i'm not sure how you argue against these guys. It's not as crazy as anybody would have thought it was. And, you know, like you said, Freddie coming in and getting creative. And and the thing I like about it is he's getting creative uh, for a reason. He's not just wildly going out there and, you know, okay, we're going to run a bunch of gadget plays and hope we win a game. He's doing it because he recognizes the skill sets that his guys have and he's doing things within those skill sets that are creative and then building off of them. It's it's like an actual offensive coordinator, which is just a <laughs> weird sight around these parts. So it's going to be uh, – I, I have no idea which way they're going to go. I, I couldn't tell you uh, – you know, John may have d- made this decision two months ago and is just waiting for the end of the season. I have no idea. Or he made this but, decision two months ago and he's going to go break somebody's heart. Exactly. That's the other way it could go. I don't have a clue as to how it's going to go, but the difference in being complicated is this time it's complicated in that which of these qualified good candidates are we going to choose instead of past years where it's been complicated because we're like, I, you know, we got to go to the third running backs coach at a D3 school because nobody else is going to come here. 
and hope that he turns into the next Belichick by some miracle. Now it's, you know, I mean, we're not quite Roman emperors choosing the, you know, our favorite lobster, but you know, it's, it, it's, I mean, if they decide to stick with status quo, you're going to be real, especially if they win this week, you're going to be real hard to argue against it. You're going to be hard pressed to argue against it. If they decide to go, uh, you know, the the thing that we've all heard a hundred times, they bring in Arians for a couple of years named Freddie head coach and waiting, that kind of thing. Um, that would be hard to argue against. You know, if they, against all odds, grab a, you know, the Lincoln Riley thing, which I don't think is going to happen, it would be hard to argue against that. I mean, it's nice to have good options instead of trying to talk ourselves into stuff. Uh, it's like, it's similar in concept to this past year, having the number one pick and having four great quarterback options to choose from rather than trying to talk ourselves into a guy at pick 22. It's the same kind of mindset with this coaching search. We're not trying to talk ourselves into somebody now. We're picking who we think is best for the Cleveland Browns in this next, you know, hopefully five to seven year window where they're legitimate contenders. And that's an amazing turnaround from just a very short time ago. And well, I'll go with two things here. Um, I love the way Freddie set things up for the Carolina week. Um, you know, well, if Baker's going to struggle with anything, don't worry about it. Luke Keekley, he's going to be calling. The, you know, he's going to be calling the, the, the he's going to be calling everything at the line for him. And what did he do afterwards? He put in those counter plays specifically to fool Luke Keekley. And it was just like it was like whoa, right? Look at you! It was like, look at this guy. I mean, like man, anybody. Yeah. I mean, here's me and Pete <laughs> calling him Todd for a week and a half. And all of a sudden, he—I mean—he went right after the best defender on that defense and said, "I got a little something for you." Right. And as far as now, as with the coaching search, like me and you, Steve, we joked through Twitter for years. Hey, Jennifer, call, Jennifer Aniston, give me a call back. Well, now the Browns are in the position where right, yeah. their Jennifer Aniston's <laughs> actually calling. Like, hey guys, what's up? You know, I know. I'll go coach the team, and I like, hey, what are we gonna do? What are we gonna do? So, I mean, it's just <laughs> nobody it, knows it's how Exactly, exactly. A whole bunch of nerds like, how do I shave? I don't know how to do it. Do I put the aftershave on first, before, whatever? Who knows? But now, Steve, um, we had Kevin Zeitler on last night, and he made a huge, huge emphasis that these guys want this last one. These guys understand right. the importance of 8-7-1-1. These guys understand the importance of walking out of this division 4-1-1. One, and, one. and we've talked about this. These guys, I mean, either way, they're going to the offseason like, hey, what do you got to say? Yeah, we've heard all the jokes, and now they're not funny, and we've proved that they're not funny. But to go into the offseason 4-1-1 one and one, and know that you're, I mean, I don't care if the way it lays out, most likely, you know, they, they, they may end up finishing third. But in their minds, they are at worst the second best team in this division. Le'Veon Bell ain't ever shown up in Pittsburgh again. Ben Roethlisberger's only going to be a year older. It, it, they know what's on the table here. Yeah, it's uh, it's big. Not only, I mean, obviously from the things that you said about finishing out the year, uh, you know, with the over five hundred and and the four one and one in the division. That's all awesome, and it's all very important. But I think another thing too is you're looking at a Ravens team with uh, Lamar Jackson, and you mentioned the age of the Steelers, uh, their uncertainty at quarterback. Um, you know, as Ben gets older, how many, I mean, he could play eight more years, but who, who how, you never know. Uh, the Bengals are on the downturn. I think the Ravens and the Browns uh, looking forward are probably, most people would say are probably the two teams that, uh, you know, will be competing for the division. So from that mindset, this game is not only setting up just the record, but 
hey, setting a tone. Yeah, we know you're Lamar Jackson. We know you're scary. We know you're the Ravens. You have this, the number one defense and and all this kind of stuff. But we we beat you before and we beat you again. Uh, so we're not scared of you. We're not the little brother. And this is an actual rivalry going forward. This is not you guys, like they used to say about Cleveland. Just keep it close, and they'll find a way to screw it up in the fourth quarter. That's not going <laughs> to happen anymore. It's a very big thing. Um, moving forward. Now, if you ask me, I think going in and winning on the road in a game the Ravens absolutely have to have, um, it's a tall order. Uh, the team that they beat eight weeks ago, nine, whenever that was, um, I mean, that was Joe Flacco at quarterback. That was, you know, a different offensive system for us. And, you know, we scored 12 points and I was there. It was a fantastic win. But this is a completely different team and it's on the road and it's basically a playoff game uh, for the. I mean, yeah, they you know, the Steelers could technically lose. But what are the odds of that? They know they have to win this game. So at home in that place where they don't like to lose and they're five out of their last six or six out of their last seven or whatever. This is a very, very tall mountain to climb. I think for this team, um, I'm not saying they can't do it. I'm just saying I'm not counting anything just yet. It's a very so even if they lose, um, I don't think it's like an, a year. I'm trying to figure out how to phrase this. It's not like the year end losses of the past few years where it's going to leave a bitter taste in your mouth uh, for the that will color the whole off season. Yeah, it'll suck if they lose, but they're still. There's no way to take away what they've accomplished in the last eight weeks that we just just covered. There's even a loss, and especially if it's a competitive loss, propels them into the offseason knowing that they have a legitimate shot to compete starting next year. They are in the window, and everything they've done uh, uh, indicates that they believe that too. So this game, while it is important, and of course I want them to win, and if they win it's going to be an amazing um, propeller into the offseason. Even if they lose, I think the rest of this, the, the last couple of months of this season is a is a really good springboard um, uh, for this team going forward. Now, I don't know where you stand. I am, I'm leaning against thinking that they're going to win. We're still a couple of days out as of the recording of this, so you never know what could happen uh, injury-wise or whatever. But it, it's just such a tall ask. And Lamar Jackson's ball fakes and everything, I, we give up a lot of yards. Uh, you know, um, we've been shutting it down in the red zone, which is awesome. But he's a red zone weapon, so I, I just I'm not sure they can pull it off. Um, I would love them to, and I think they're going to compete. I don't think they're going to go in there and get their heads handed to them. But this is a very very tall order, in my opinion. It is a tall order, and but I mean, you, you do look at some of it. What was the one of the biggest issues? Uh, Baker Mayfield got sacked five times. First time they played him. You know, Greg Ray, Greg Robinson, uh, Baker Mayfield, and I was joking last night on the show, Baker Mayfield's finishes games now without grass stains. He's like the only guy in the field who, who doesn't right. get touched. I mean, it's kind of almost like it's a summer and he's got a red jersey on, things of that nature. Um, look, you know, and Baker has seen this team before, and he did very well against these guys. Yes, Freddie Kitchens, they don't know much about Freddie Kitchens. Anything they've got, they've got from tape. They've never gone against him one-on-one. Um, the right. Lamar Jackson thing. Who's going to be the guy to make sure Lamar Jackson doesn't run for 75, 80 yards? Right. Is it a Peppers? Uh, You know, Joe, it's kind of a little bit of an athletic mismatch, so it'll be interesting how that plays out. Uh, You know, I I, I just have a hard time. It it seems weird to say this, Steve. I have a hard time seeing this team lose right now 
because just that's just where the momentum's at, and it seems every now and then, whether it's Denver, where Jabril Pepper seals it with a play, where it's Bashar Perriman now a couple of times now here, where when asked on to make a huge contribution, has done so. And I'll tell you right now, and I said it last night, I want him to catch a touchdown tomorrow and throw that ball to the third section of the freaking stadium <laughs> and just say, hey, whatever. Because he had a good summer with Baltimore. It was already in their minds. He was not sticking around. You know, obviously with the situation he had, you know, he sat around, he waited a while, but he's done everything that's asked of him here to this point. So it, it's going to be fun when we get into Sunday. We'll see how it plays out. Guys, this is your Locked On Browns. Uh, Steven Thomas here joining. Uh, we're going to get to some other things here. Look, now that the, the the season is officially over, you know, after Sunday, we can get to what me and Steven, look, we do enjoy this part, but we do enjoy the offseason a tremendous amount. But the night show is brought to you tonight by MyBookie.com. Guys, you ask for betting advice, first thing I'm going to tell you is who you're betting your money with is almost as important as who you're betting your money on. That's where MyBookie.com comes in. They've been in the business for years. They have great reviews online. Their mobile site, simple, clean, easy to use. I would only recommend a site to you listeners that has been good to me in the past. Don't wager a lot of bets, but if I do, I'm going to use MyBookie.com. You win they pay. It is just that simple. They have in-game, live betting, over-unders on fantasy points, scores, and the most rewarding player perks in the business. Um, MyBookie.com, I do believe this is still going to be the deal for the playoffs. Your initial deposit, they will match up to 100%. So, you know, drop 100 down. You know, the playoff games, it's a much smaller slate. You can get in a little more detail and be a little bit smarter about your wagering. So, you, you know, go ahead with that. Uh, you know, get your uh, you know initial deposit in. They will match it. it, it it's easier to bet on the playoffs. I mean, if you you know if you know what you're doing, it should be a little bit easier, guys. Uh, promo code locked on twenty five, capital L, capital O, locked on twenty five. Visit my bookie online today. That is my bookie, m y b o o k i e dot com. You play, you win, you get paid. Now, Stephen, first things first. You know, free agency, and it's going to be interesting here because you can go big game hunting. The thing right. is going to be whether or not the big game is going to be available. And is that, are they going to be available right. in the positions that are beneficial to you? Yeah, it's going to be interesting because as of uh, right now, you know, there are people scheduled to hit free agency uh, that are some huge names. Uh, you know, Demarcus Lawrence and Jadavian Clowney. Everybody knows all that kind of stuff. Will they actually hit it? I, I would be shocked if demarcus lawrence uh uh hits the market same goes for grady jarrett i've seen grady jarrett's name a lot around uh brown's twitter and while he would be a perfect signing um i think the falcons would be insane to let him i mean at least tag him for a year um but it's going to be interesting because we've we had this discussion a lot last year you look at the entire offseason and where are the strengths of free agency versus where are the strengths of the draft up against your roster needs and gaps and all that kind of stuff. And this is a year where, uh, at least on paper, the strengths of free agency and the draft are a lot, they're, they're rather similar. There's a lot of edge and interior defensive line guys that are scheduled to hit the market. So it's not like you can go out and say, okay, well, we're going to sign, like they did two years ago. They went out and they signed two offensive linemen because that was, it was a good free agent offensive line class and it was a poor draft class it, it's not like that so there are some guys out there that I'm, I'm curious about like Clowney um I know you're friends with Jason Braddock online as well and he had written something uh, a few weeks ago that he doesn't think they're going to bring him back uh, they might try to tag and trade 
um, uh, but they, he doesn't think that they 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 will have the uh, the ability to bring him back. And he would be a guy. Um, while he has never quite lived up to that the hype he got from that hit against Michigan, um, he's still a beast. And putting him across. Imagine uh, imagine him one on one with right tackles. Oh. Well, that's that's what I'm that's what I'm saying. Yeah, I, I mean, in, in and of himself, he may never be Lawrence Taylor, but I mean, you put it's him and Miles, and then Larry, and then you you shift uh, Ogba inside, and you've got Avery on nickel downs, and who do you block? Who I mean, who do you double team? I mean, you're talking about four guys that would in and of themselves demand double teams. And so that would be a guy that I would be very interested in if he hits the market. Um, uh, and then you got, uh, you know, the, the, the D Ford and Justin Houston situation in Kansas city, which I'm curious to see how they do it. I don't know if you've talked to anybody out there. Uh, Cause D was pretty much heading toward bust town until this year in his contract year. So do they think it's a contract year fluke or do they believe in him? And if they do, Justin Houston's got, I think, two or three more years of a pretty hefty contract, and he's almost 30. So do they try to restructure him, or do they ship him out? Because he might be, they might, with the Browns cap space, they might be able to take him on for a couple years, uh, take Justin Houston or something like that. Um, And then you look at the interior defensive line. The Michael Pierce situation in Baltimore is very interesting to me. Because uh, he's got Brandon Williams right next to him with a monster contract. And ordinarily, yep. you wouldn't think a guy like Pierce would have any chance of hitting the market. And odds are the Ravens will figure out a way to keep him around. Well, you know, I mean, um, they do have to pay C.J. Mosley as well. I mean, Baltimore's got a lot of decisions exactly. to make as far as the defense. But maybe the Joe Flacco money eases things yeah. up everywhere else. So, who knows? Yeah, yeah, and that's the thing with them. You never know what they're going to do with Flacco. Um, and even if they do move him this year, which everybody seems to think they're going to do, it's it's a less ridiculous amount of dead money, but it's still a pretty good pile of dead money. If I, I think it's like nine, maybe even ten million still this year, um, although I could be off a little bit on that. But at, at any rate, it's worth keeping an eye on uh, on Michael Pierce and CJ CJ Mosley might be a guy if they decide to pay Michael Pierce then maybe CJ Mosley hits the market and you put him next to Joe Show and you know um, David Irving is a name I know Pete's uh, had his eye on him uh, down in Dallas uh, he would be the kind of guy with off field issue that John Dorsey's history says he's <laughs> willing to take on and try to turn around and if you know if you've seen him when he's on the field and focused um, he would be a a great addition. I have no problem with him. Um, but yeah, it's, it's uh, the cornerbacks. What's going to, what's going to happen with Bashad Breeland in, in green Bay? What are, what is Seattle going to do with Justin Coleman? Uh, you know, Steven Nelson in Kansas city, Michael Davis and uh, for the chargers is a very interesting name uh, to, to stick one more guy back there because, you know, they're still kind of mixing and matching back there. Um, and I'm sure, We'll talk at some point, but I'm I'm, I'm not I'm worried, but I'm I'm curious about BBC's future. He doesn't seem like a like a John kind of guy, but um, they could sign a, a corner in free agency. Or uh, there's not a lot on the offensive line, and that's a that's an area. Uh, well, the one thing that I, I took away that, the one thing I took away from last night is it seems they seem content. Um, and the way Kevin phrased it, they seem content. I mean, you know, you think about it, Austin Corbett, your sixth right. offensive lineman, Desmond Harrison. Look, I hope. I mean, you got to think they still have some faith that he can somehow be something here. 
That puts you at seven guys right there if you bring Greg Robinson back. Right, yeah, and and we've ta- we talked about this earlier. Greg Robinson, you know, I mean, he hasn't set the world on fire, and I don't think he'll ever live up to that, you know, number two pick billing, but he has been at minimum serviceable, and yep. at times he's been, you know, pretty darn good, and so he at least gives you the option that you don't have to try and force one in free agency or the draft. You you can, you know, you can put it off if the right situation doesn't come up. Um, now, some people have talked about Trent Brown and the Patriots. Um, on the right side, maybe a Jawan game, Jawan James from Miami, if they let him hit the market as an upgrade from uh, uh, from Chris Hubbard. But is it enough? Are they enough of an upgrade from the current guys that you want to invest those kinds of free agent dollars and i don't know i don't know the answer that these are the questions uh that they're going to have to ask so if they do and i think they're going to be active um my guess and i think you agree with me i think we've talked about this before is they will go after an interior defensive line guy an edge and probably linebacker um because they want to get more athletic uh, uh on the, in the linebacker slot and there's a few guys in that class there's some guys that are going to hit it, Dion Buchanan, Anthony Barr, maybe Preston Smith in Washington, um, that are supposed to be hitting free agency that won't break the bank, uh, but will be replacements for uh, Jamie Collins because I can't see his future continuing here. Well, I can't see Jamie Collins taking a pay cut, which is something they're probably going to approach Jamie Collins about if he wants to stay here. Right. And we've gone over this a million times. There's good Jamie Collins. There's bad. There's bad Jamie Collins. Um, if you right. want, if you like Jamie, good Jamie Collins, the Ravens game the first time around, guys, was fantastic. Jamie Collins, if we could get that on Sunday, that'd be fantastic. Yeah. <clears throat> I will always stand for Dayon Buchanan. Great, great dude. Guy like Anthony Barr is available. Good lord, yeah. I mean, you just back up a Brinks truck. Um, for all you guys giving me a hard time about the wide receiver, and I didn't hadn't really even thought about this name too much. Um, I was talking today, uh, Tory Dandy, longtime NFL agent, big, big, you know, he's very friendly with the draft community. Um, Quincy Noon was signed his deal today, and somebody put up something that he was one maybe of one of the best, you know, value wide receivers. And I quote tweeted, and I agreed with it. And Tory Dandy, as we were talking, was like, wait a minute. He's like, you're totally discounting my guy. Jameson Crowder, Washington Redskins, guys, here's, here's a wide receiver. I will say, hey, I'll sign him. I've told you, and I've said this a million times, I don't think we need the true number one guy. Who Baker Mayfield might need best is another Rashard Higgins type. This is where Jamison Crowder comes in. Four years in the NFL, 55 receptions per, 655 yards receiving per, four TDs per. This guy who came into the league with a reputation of a fantastic route runner, and he's shown this. Uh, you know, this year, big 79-yard touchdown run, part of his resume this season. He's missed some time. Nothing leg-related, wrist injury. Whatever. He'll get over that. But a guy like Jameson Crowder, who runs the route to the letter, here's an interesting name. And this is a guy I would like, and I would definitely pursue. Washington, look, I mean, they probably need to keep him. But I don't see a lot of guys saying, oh boy, yeah, I really want to stay here in Washington. It just kind of seems that the writing's on the wall. If you can get out of there, it seems like a lot of these guys are looking to do that. So for all you guys picking on me, this is what I'm talking about. Get more reliable route runners, and when the ball gets to them, they catch it. This is where a guy like Jameson Crowder may fit in. Yeah, I think, I mean, obviously, if you could have the big, you know, Josh Gordon type out there at one, of course you want that. Who, who wouldn't? But the way the game is trending, the way Freddie calls it, the way uh, Baker distributes the ball around, 
Um, it's more important to have, I agree with you, it's more important to have guys who know where they're supposed to be, understand the routes, and catch it when you throw it to them, and then can move with the ball afterwards. Uh, a quarterback like Baker who throws the ball on a dime most of the time is is a yak machine. And so it's very important to get guys that can pull that kind of stuff down. And I, I, that would be a name that I would be interested in. There's a. It, it all depends on how they want to go. I mean, are you looking for... We had this discussion online just a couple of days ago. Uh, we have moved past the point where oh, only young guys, only guys that can be around for a long time. We, we can, you know, investing in this year doesn't make any sense. And that the past few years, that that was the that was the mindset because we knew they weren't going anywhere. I mean, nobody expected one in thirty-one, but we knew they were going to lose a lot of games. So going for somebody you know over the age of about twenty-seven didn't make any sense this year. Like I mean, everybody in their window. Do- Everybody's like, oh, Deshaun Jackson might be available. Deshaun Jackson's going to be 33 years old, guys. You have Antonio Callaway, who's like a decade younger, who you hope is going to do the same role. And Deshaun Jackson, look, Deshaun Jackson's looking for money. Money first. Right. Well, and here's what I was just going to say. A guy like that. Now, obviously, you know, you and I talked about it. He wouldn't be the first call. But if they miss out on whoever their top few targets are and Deshaun Jackson is still out there and you can get him for, Cheap. you know, you can get him on a one-year contract for, you know, what I don't know, seven, eight, whatever, a reasonable contract. Putting his veteran attitude into the locker room to show these young guys how to do things for a year while you're in your window that can make sense. I'm not saying you definitely go out and you grab a Deshaun Jackson or like, you know, I'm, I've mentioned Golden Tate a few times, um, you know, or, or maybe even a Randall Cobb, you know, even though he's not the Randall Cobb of, that we know. But the point is, you're just getting him for a year or two. You're not signing these guys to, you know, six year, $97 million contracts. But we're, we're at the point now where if, and, it, and all indications are that they do, if they believe they are really in the window starting in 2019 and they have a legitimate shot that is a different situation than we've been in for years and years and years in Cleveland, where it was all about young guys who can contribute for a long time. Now, it can make sense. It doesn't every time, but it can make sense to go for a 31-year-old or, you know, uh, depending on the, the position, maybe 33, you know, grab an Andrew Whitworth from two years ago. I'm not saying grab him now, but, you know, two years ago when Andrew Whitworth was a free agent, it made zero sense for the Browns to go after a 35-year-old tackle. If they thought that tackle was a, a big need and a guy like that at that age still producing was available, it might make sense to go after somebody like that. So we have to adjust our thinking as fans to thinking only 23-year-olds. They can't think that. Now, there's some guys out there that obviously, you know, like a Dylan Cantrell of the Chargers. I mean, he was a perfect uh, athletic makeup for a John Dorsey late round steal last year, and he's been hurt all year. So if the Chargers let him roam free, that might be somebody that you go at. But you could go after a Golden Tate or a John Brown from the Ravens. Or I still like Dante Moncrief, and he's not yep. going to you know, break the bank by any chance. He's still relatively young and athletic and I think would be a great fit with Baker and Freddie and everything. So there's a lot more options this year where you can go – a little older, you know, at a few places because you're in your window and you're only looking to sign these guys. I mean, you win a title, who cares if he's now 34 years old? Let him go at that point. You know what I mean? So there's a lot of guys, 
everybody's all fired up about the wide receiver uh, first in uh, free agency. And then, you know, I've, I've seen constantly people talking about a wide receiver in the first round of the draft. And I'll I'll be I, 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 I got to tell you, I will be Clark Griswold head sewn to the carpet surprised if they if they draft a wide receiver in the first round. I, I mean, I will. It will be. They'll have to spend enormous amounts of money in free agency to make it even a consideration. I mean, they're going to have to get, um, you know, Michael Pierce um, and Jadevian Clowney uh, and Anthony Barr and Mario Edwards or Frank Clark or you know what I mean? As somebody, yep. they're going to they're going to have to go nuts to even bring wide receiver into the discussion in first round. I mean, exactly. You'd have to bring in three, four starters. And like the name you mentioned earlier, Steven Nelson, Dayon Buchanan, Shaq Barrett, and, you know, and maybe Ndamukong and Sue. Okay, well, now anything's open. At, right. At, you know, and if exactly. that happens, we'll shift our tilt. We most certainly will. Guys, Lockdown Browns right. here. Steven Thomas joining us here again. Lockdown uh, NFL Podcast. Matt Williams does a fantastic job. Monday through Friday, you get a consistent lineup. Mondays, you get guys like myself, host of the individual shows, come on, they talk the big three, four games of the weekend. Tuesday, Sage Rosenfels comes on, breakdowns, offensive play, you know, uh, you know from the pre, uh, from the weekend. Wednesdays, Matt does his PFF show with Mike Renner. Uh, Thursdays, Mike Sando. Matt and Mike have been close for a long time. They do really good shows when they get her. You get a lot of laughs, kind of like when Steve and I get together here. Friday, Matt Williamson sits down, breaks down the weekend slate. Gives you his picks for the weekend. So the Locked On NFL Podcast with Matt Williamson, guys. If you are not subscribed, come on now. Get on it and do better. Get it into the rotation. Now, Stephen, with this, now look, I mean, there's a lot of ways to play this. And this is the great thing about free agency. You play this first, and then you play your hand. But here is the joy of it all. When you do not need your elite pass rusher. When you do not need your quarterback. When you do not need your running back. You've got to shut down number one cornerback. It's just kind of like, well, and we talk about it all the time. It's not going to Costco. It's not going to BJ's. It's you're going to the food store to pick up a couple of things. And literally, you grab the basket. You're not getting the cart. You just grab the basket. I'm in and out. So when we get to the draft here, and the weirdest thing is, Steve, is we're going to have to wait about two plus hours before we find out who this guy is. But, you know, now we put, you know, and whether it's defensive line, which is this draft is disgustingly whether it's inside, whether it's outside. I mean, if you want to just say right now, just get me somebody on the defensive line because yep. out of the first 20 picks, we may see, it may seem crazy to say, guys, but you could see 13, 14 of the top 20 picks be either a pass rusher or be an interior defensive guy. That's how deep yeah, this not crazy group at all. looks right now. Yeah, it's it's bananas. Um, and the further they drop down, I mean, for a long time we were, you know, uh, talking about the Quinn and Williams and Ed and Ed Oliver. But I mean, that's a, that's in the mid teens. That, that's f- over now. <laughs> oh yeah, we're way out of range of those guys unless something insane happens in, in the process. But I mean, fifteen to nineteen is where we're going to pick. Um, and in that range, you've got depending on whose board you like at this point, and we're way early here and this could change, but you're, you're looking at Christian Wilkins. You're looking at maybe Jeffrey Simmons, especially if his off field stuff becomes an issue, he could slide. You're looking at, he put uh, a video, he put a, he put a video out on YouTube and, you know, I mean, look, normally he's a guy I back all the way away from. And, you know, I want good people. I mean, but I do understand the incident he was in. I don't condone it in any means whatsoever. Right. But I do kind of understand it. 
Well, sure. I mean, it's a family thing, and uh, the video is is bad, and everybody has seen it by now. It's really bad. But the, and, and I think we talked about this a while back. The the, the PR uh, spin, I guess, for lack of a better word, is going to be, and this is true, by the way. It was in high school. It was a long time ago. He hasn't done anything like this since, as far as I know. Um, and, and so, the, you know, the second chance and everybody makes mistakes. That doesn't excuse at all what he did, at all. But that's how it's going to be played. You just never know, especially in this day and age, how that's going to be received. So if you're just going on field, I think Jeffrey Simmons is a top 10 pick easily. Yep. Um, if you're if you're going on the depth of the class and potentially the off field, him falling to 17, I still think it's unlikely, but it's possible. He could be there. Um, you got Draymond Jones at Ohio State. I mean, you got Gerald Willis, depending on some uh, some boards have him ranked really high. Um, uh, Pete really likes Jerry Tillery. Uh, well, all that 17 might be a little high for him. But yeah, that and that's just the interior guys. We got your guy, Josh Allen, uh, out on the edge or outside linebacker, depending on, you know, who's uh, qualifying him. You got Farrell, you got Polite, you got Brian Burns, uh, Montez Sweat, who I'm not as high on as, as some other people. But yeah, there's no... There's no way you can take unless like unless they have some spree like we just talked about in free agency. There's really no way you can take edge and interior de- defensive line at least out of the major part of the discussion. That's where I would go personally. But I could be talked into corner probably um, if they fall in love with an offensive tackle um, and, and he's there. You know, a Kajust or or uh, you know David Edwards or somebody like that. I could be talked into it, but it doesn't sound like that's the way they're going to go. If you if you've been asking me and if you've been following the you know the the silly dailies that I do, it's been almost all interior defensive line because we need depth there and it matches up perfectly not, with the strength of this class. I'm not even sure if it's depth though. I mean, you know, Larry Ogunjobi is a fantastic player, but he really does not have a running mate. Right. Yeah, I mean, we've got some guys that are you know they. Uh, they do an admirable job, but they're being asked to do more than they're really capable of doing. <laughs> they're change of pace guys. They're get a rest guys. Um, you know, Coley and, and Zettel. And, and uh, I actually like Chris Smith. I think he's played uh, pretty darn well when he's been given the chance this Chris, year. Chris Smith is like, he needs a dozen or less reps. When you start asking him to get closer to 20 is when he kind of see the warts. Right, exactly. And so they're they're being good in their role, and there's nobody to do the full-time role next to uh, to Larry, like you said. And there's a million candidates to do that. There are some yep. further down the board, because um, I, I wouldn't be surprised if they grabbed two. I mean, um, you look at, at some of the guys a little bit further down the board. you got Isaiah Bugs at, uh, you know, out of Alabama, and then you've got uh, Daniel Wise at Kansas or Richard Lawrence at LSU. That Rennell Wren guy at Arizona State is yep. just an absolute freak um, of athletic uh, ability. I mean, his he's raw as hell. Um, but um, and then you know you got your plug and play guys. Yeah, you Demarcus Christmas and you and and yep. uh, I mean, th- there's a million ways they could go on the defensive line all the way into probably early or mid day three. So. While the strength of free agency is out there, and I won't be surprised if they grab one or two, there's a lot to be said for saving that money and and, and putting it someplace else and grabbing these young guys to, to, to put on the defensive line. 
Well, I mean, and that's the thing, because everybody with the, oh, the free agent money, the free agent money, the free agent money. Guys, we're not too far removed where you got to start paying your own. Right. And, 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 and smartly, if you wanted to pay some of these guys now and give them the upfront money, guys who have no issue being here long term, a Joe Schobert, guys of that nature. I mean, you have to play this both ways. You guys look at it, free agent money, but you also don't look at about the money that's got to be earmarked. Oh, well, the salary cap rises. Yeah, it, it rises one player per year, guys. It does rise, but it only rises, you know, a marginal starter, you know, $7 million per year, $6 million per year, whatever it is. That's not going to be enough to keep everybody in-house. So, you know, that's you know one thing to look at. It, and it, it might be start to, it might be a smart time to start, you know, getting some of these guys some upfront money now to, you know, make it a little bit easier when, you know, Miles has got to cash in. And Larry's going to cash in and things of that nature. Yeah, absolutely. And you know, I'm I fall in the uh, the salary cap is a myth camp, which drives our friend yep. Jack Duffin out of his mind. And I I love needling him about it. <laughs> but um, because you know, when it comes down to it, I mean, look at the the Saints of the last six years. Everybody says they're ten million over the cap, yet they sign anybody they want to sign. I mean, the Rams. How did they sign Sue and then made what was apparently a hell of an offer for Khalil Mack when they have $4 in cap space or something <laughs> like that? You know what I mean? So if both sides are motivated to make a deal, there's always money. I have accountants in my family. What do you want the numbers to say? I'll shift stuff around and it'll say that. There's always a way. However, that doesn't mean you go out and be stupid. You know, go out and, and just recklessly throw cash around. Like the in-house stuff, like you said, it's not really starting. Higgins is the only definite one for this year, I think. Um, although the, I'm pretty sure they're going to bring uh, Perriman and uh, and uh, Greg Robinson back, but they, they don't have to, is what I'm saying. Higgins, they got to bring back. I would not be surprised if they extend Joe uh, a year early. I will not be. I actually want them to extend Demarius Randall a year early. Yep. Um, um, and there's probably a couple others I'm forgetting off the top of my head, but there's not a ton in-house right now. And like you said, if you're smart about it, you throw, you front load it all while they have, you know, the cap space of, of Liechtenstein here, uh, you, you throw it all <laughs> because three years from now, like you said, miles is going to want some money and David Njoku is going to want some money. And, uh, then uh, at four years from now, Baker's going to want, you know, a dump truck full of money, and he's gonna want, he's gonna earn it. And he's gonna uh, want the, the capital of the city, for God's sakes. <laughs> exactly, and you know what? If he wins a championship, we'll give it to him. I don't care. Um, but it, it's it's you got to be smart about it while you're in your window because if Baker is what he everything he appears to be, and it's only been a year, it's too early to judge everything. But I see no indication that there's he's going to be anything less than what we're all anointing him to be at this point. You've got. Give or take a five-year realistic window before the money gets tight, before you have to start getting creative. And here's what I will say, and it sort of ties into what we were talking about uh, earlier into going for the older guys. Maybe not this year, but 2020 and 21, when you're right smack dab in the middle of, okay, we really are competing for a Super Bowl championship part of your window, you can throw money around that maybe you wouldn't other years. And here's why. It's the same conversation I had in 2014 with Cavs fans when they were talking about, we'll never be able to pay Kevin Love and Tristan Thompson. And in 2019, our cap space is going to be... And yes, it is. The, the Cavs cap space is screwed right now. But you know what? I said this at the time, and I'll say the same thing thinking about the next five years of the Browns. If they win a title, 
are you really going to care about the 2024 cap space? I mean, is it really going to matter? I, I, if they win a championship, I'll take eight more years after that of digging out a cap hell. It won't matter to me. You, you, when you get in your window and you have a shot, a legitimate shot, you make the moves that are there to be made and you worry about the 2024 money in 2024. Because then at that point, you're coming out the other end of your window and you're going to have to have a Tom Brady, Bill Belichick like situation for it to continue, um, which could happen, but it's unrealistic. So really, you're thinking about the next five years. And so right now you've got the upfront money. And then in three or four years, you've got the young guys that you're going to have to extend. And I think that's how you have to play it. Yeah, and that's pretty much what it is. And just set yourself up for the best amount of success here over the next four or five seasons. Right. And where the chips fall, they're going to fall. And, you know, everything here, for the most part, look, I mean, if we talk about this with the free agency and, you know, with the draft here, in years past, it was, well, we need this, 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 this. Now it's more of, you know, most of it is in-house. And a lot of that happens when you have a couple of star defensive players when you have your quarterback. And if we've learned one thing this year is Baker can kind of play with anybody. And, you know, if Freddie sticks around, Freddie will, you know, Freddie and Baker, what's cool about the two of them is kind of like painters that will use the entire palette. I mean, Hilliard's getting run. There's your third running back. Um, you know, they've got, you know, Daniel, uh, you know, Fe- uh, you know, uh, Darren Fells, three touchdowns on the year. Everybody oh. gets a shot. And, that's what is going to hopefully help you when you get to these days where you know, the money gets tight. Yeah, absolutely. Um, and, and you just brought up Darren Fells. I just want to say one thing that um, the touchdown last week that he caught, um, everybody was raving about uh, the throw. And it was an unbelievable throw from, from Baker Mayfield. But if you watch that end zone angle, the box out. Darren Fells yep. real, realizing that he was running out of real estate and he literally just stuck his butt out. And, <laughs> exactly and the way I would say it. Created this tiny window where there was no window and then Baker fitted in, which is just every week he makes me go, holy shit, what a throw. Uh, but Darren Fells created the window for that throw. That He has been way more than I ever expected and I'm thrilled to have that guy on our team. And it's kind of funny because you see him wearing an 88 and he gets into the huddle. And I mean, maybe it's a little bit different now, but when he was in the huddle with Harrison, it was like, all right, well, who's actually the left tackle here? Because <laughs> you guys are about even Steven in size wise. Um, and we'll pass, we're going to put a bow on this here. Steven Thomas, buddy, it is always a pleasure. Um, I sit here and I listen to you and, and the jokes. And, and I love when you get to the cap space and start throwing off these smaller countries. And I remember doing it the... Uh, Last year during some of the draft shows, and, and Belgium doesn't have our cap space. So, it, I mean, bro, <laughs> the, the one-liners always slay me, and, you know, I wish you all the best in, you know, in your actual career. But, buddy, there's something here. I mean, you, you can find some way to contribute more. You contribute here as well, which is fantastic. And your passion for the franchise, I always do appreciate. Uh, guys, Stephen Towns, uh, follow him over at Brown's Mock Draft. Um, look, he's still doing it. Even though, you know, it, it almost seemed like a fun thing to do a couple of years ago when this team wasn't bad. Now it's more of like, wow, I want to do it because they're good. So, yep. I mean, I've seen, I've seen Steve transition into this. Um, so, go ahead. Follow him over at Brown's Mock Draft. Um, guys, if you haven't checked out or you don't really know about what he does, uh, there are some YouTube things. And uh, you definitely get a couple of chuckles there and learn a little bit more about <laughs> our friend Stephen Thomas. Guys, like I said, uh, iTunes. Go ahead. 
No, I was just going to say it's always a pleasure to be on it. And it's it, you hit it on the head. It was we were on the clock at one for two straight years. Literally, we were 0 and 14, and then before they won the one game, and then 0 and 16. They were on the clock at one for two straight years. And now I'm doing this, and it's like you said, you know, 40 minutes ago, I got to wait 17 picks, and I don't know who's going to be there. It's really freaky. Uh, (laughs) It's fun, uh, and it's great, and it's going to be very weird on draft night. Um, But this is what this is what the last two years were all about. This because it's. It's the window, guys. This is it. This is what we have been waiting for, some of us for more than two decades. I'm not going to put a number on it, but a long time we've been waiting for a guy like Baker Mayfield, who is the guy for this team at this point in time. I mean, it was a perfect situation, and that hasn't happened around here in a long time. So enjoy. I know it's the end of the season and everybody's sad and we're going to have to wait a long time to watch them play again. And I'm frustrated about it too, because they're just getting fun, but enjoy it. This is the off season we've been waiting for. This is the fun. We are last year. We said we were building the house and, and you know, then next year we would, you know, uh, landscape it and put on the decorations. We're landscaping and putting on the decorations. This is the fun part, man. Let's do it. Let's have a good time. And I, I couldn't agree with you more. I mean, now, I mean, it's literally just trim work in a throw rug and, you know, throw pillows where you just kind of let the missus take care of all that anyway. So, <laughs> but guys, uh, follow the show, Locked On Browns Twitter account. We always keep it follow back. Follow me personally at Jeff underscore LJ underscore Lloyd. Guys, uh, this is why I love having Steven in here once a month. It, it, this is where we just get to go from the passion. And, you know, look, obviously, you know, we both know and follow all this stuff, but it's just where we get to enjoy it. And, you know, see where this has come. And, and guys, you remember last year, there was no regularly scheduled lineup of, oh, here's your post-game show, here's your PFF. And because it was just like, by Tuesday, it was like, well, nobody wants to talk about this current product. We want to talk <laughs> about the future. This year, it's been a little different. We're talking about the current product because we're happy. We're satisfied. It's been fantastic. Guys, uh, as we always say when we close Lockdown Browns, LGB on the LOB. Let's go Browns. <laughs>